through and journeying through the gospel um, of Luke, and uh, we are walking where Jesus walked, and uh, we are listening as Jesus talked, and what we're understanding is this, that uh, what the religious establishment heard from him, uh, they did not like in any way. If you remember several weeks ago, we looked, and um, he was walking into a synagogue in Nazareth, and he took a, a scroll from the attendant, and he began to read uh, from the book of Isaiah. And uh, as he read, he placed the, uh, the scroll back in the hand of the attendant, and then in Luke chapter 4 and verse 21, uh, he says these words. Basically, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, what Jesus was saying is this, uh, I am the promised Messiah. Jesus was looking at them and saying, I am the promised Messiah. And then later, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at Jesus and the disciples as they were walking through a grain field, um, and they plucked some of the grain, and they rubbed that grain in their hands, and the Pharisees jumped out from nowhere and began to accuse them. And Jesus said something amazing in Luke chapter 6 and verse 5. Uh, he said, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, you don't make the rules I do. You don't interpret what God says. I interpret what God says. And so we, we hear him saying these things, and, and these statements truly irritated the religious establishment. What he was doing is he was confronting their arrogance, and he was really, in many ways, dissecting uh, their pride. Watchman Nee wrote something many years ago, and I want to read it to you before we read our text. Uh, Watchman Nee was a, an incredible Christian of yesteryear, and, and he said this, A person who claims to be God must belong to one of three categories. First, he claims to be God, and yet, in fact, is not. He has to be a madman or a lunatic. Second, if he is neither God nor a lunatic, he has to be a liar, deceiving others by his lie. Third, if he is neither of these, he must be God. You can only choose one of these three possibilities, Watchman Nee continues. If you do not believe that he is God, you have to consider him a madman. If you cannot take him for either of the two, you have to take him for a liar. There is no need for us to prove if Jesus of Nazareth is God or not. All we have to do is find out if he is a lunatic or a liar. If he is neither he must be the Son of God. C.S. Lewis said it in a more succinct way, Jesus is either liar, lunatic, or Lord. Jesus is either liar, lunatic, or 
Lord. Why, why do we say that? Because Jesus said he was the only way to heaven. Uh, Jesus said there's no other way to the Father but by me. G.K. Chesterton said this, To believe in everything is to believe in nothing. And I believe that with all of my heart. And, and this morning, upon the authority of God's Word, uh, I as your pastor and we as a church, we believe that Jesus is Lord. Uh, we believe He's the only way to heaven, and we don't apologize for that in any way. We, we believe that He is Lord and that He has power. He has wonder-working power. Wonder-working power. So take your Bible and if you would, stand in honor and reverence of God's holy word. And we want to read uh, Luke 6, verses 17, 18, and 19 as our text this morning. Luke 6, beginning in verse 17. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. Let's pray together. Our Father God, in the name of Jesus, we bow before you. And Father, I just pray that you would help us this morning to see truth. Father, I thank you for your word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I pray that we would listen to the words of Jesus this morning. And that our hearts would be challenged, that our hearts would be blessed. Father, I thank you, God, for the couple of songs that we have already lifted. And Father, for what will remain of this service as we lift our hearts to our God. And Father, as we honor our graduates and, and uh, Lord, as we just look to you. Father, I pray today, O oh God, that you would help us to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in a very real way, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. There are two things that I'd like for you to notice in this passage of Scripture this morning. First of all, let's notice together the power of His message. The power of His message. In verse 17 it says this, And He came down with them. And He came down with them. Um, that leads to really two questions. Uh, where did he come down from and who are the them? Well, it's a passage that we skipped, really, and one that I would like to read to you if you'll glance in your Bible back to verse 12 of chapter 6. Uh, you'll find there those two answers, and the reason that we skip that is because throughout our study, we're going to be looking at these different apostles. And we're going to be looking at their lives and talking about their lives. And so I didn't want to spend time this week uh, dealing with each of their lives in a very small way. 
It says in verse 12, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. And then he names each of these that, that he called to himself. And so what we find is this church, what we find is as the, the conflict with the Pharisees uh, begin to grow and as hostility mounted and the opposition uh, grew, he went to a mountain to pray. He, he went up to a mountain to get along with his father and and uh, while up there, he was praying because he knew that he was going to call these 12 apostles. And, and so what we find in our text, back in verse 17, is we find that he's coming down from that mountain. He's coming down from that mountain where he spent an entire night in prayer. And these apostles are the them, if you will. And really, in our text, it's interesting to, to take note that, that we find three different groups of people. Notice what the Bible says. First of all, it says he came down with them. That's the first group. That's the apostles that he called. He stood on a level place. He's about to preach the Sermon on the Mount. And so many of us were there in January. And, and so somewhere on a level place overlooking the Sea of Galilee and a city that was up toward the left, uh, he uh, was going to preach what we're going to start looking at next week, the, the Sermon on the Mount. And so he, he's on a level place with these apostles. And then, notice this, a crowd of his disciples. Now, an apostle is someone that is an ambassador someone that's a messenger, a representative, someone that's been sent. A disciple is, is a, a follower of Jesus, a, a learner, a student. Back in that day, they actually followed him physically around. Today, we follow him in, in the Word of God. And, and, but with disciples, not just the 12 disciples, but with disciples in general, there are various levels of commitment. You might remember in John chapter 6 that Jesus shared a very difficult word. And, and the Bible says in verse 66, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. In other words, they heard what Jesus said and they tapped out. They said, we're not following him. We don't believe that. We're, we're not going in that direction. And so those disciples left him and followed him no more. And then in our text it says not only the apostles and the disciples, but then there was a great multitude. If you notice it in verse 17, it says that there's a great multitude. And, and so when I look at that, I think of people who are curious really, but just uncommitted. And we see them all throughout the gospel of, of Luke. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 42, uh, we see them. And it says, Now when it was day, he departed and went into a de deserted place. And notice this, And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. So there's the crowd. And then over in chapter 5, notice what it says in verse 15. However, the report went around concerning him, 
all the more. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And then in chapter 9, I believe it is, of, of the Gospel of Luke, for there were about 5,000 men. We know that there were women and children as well. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. So there were a, a lot of different people who were following him at that time. Uh, they were just a crowd of people. And in verse uh, 1, I think it is, of chapter 12, the Bible says this, In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And so you look at this, and in our text, church, don't miss this, you have the apostles, you have this group, a crowd of of disciples, and then you have the multitude. And so uh, it leads me to ask myself and all of us this morning, what group are we in? What group do we fall in? Um, are we in the group of what we would call apostles? And, and I'm not asking you if you are an apostle, but are you on mission for Jesus? When you wake up every morning, are you on mission? Do you realize that every day that, that you've been sent to your neighborhood, that you've been sent to wherever you work, that, that you have been sent, that you are an ambassador, that you are a messenger, a representative of King Jesus in your world? Do you wake up every morning saying, this is Private Tony Wilson reporting for duty? I know that that I may be Gomer Pyle, but I'm your Gomer Pyle. Amen? And I'm reporting for duty. Do, do you wake up every morning reporting for duty? H have you been sent? And then I guess the next question is this. Are you a true follower? Are you a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you a student of the living and written Word? Are you... Are you growing in your faith? Are you passionate about what you're learning from the Word? And are you discipling someone else? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Or are you, as we ask ourselves the question this morning, are you just a part of, of the multitude this morning? Are you just a part of the crowd? You're, you're curious, but really uncommitted. You're, you're more interested in fire insurance than you are in a true walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the Bible says that they came, notice this, to hear Him. There's power in His message. There's power in the message. Jesus spoke with authority. I love what the Bible says in John chapter 7 and verse 46. It says, the officers answered this, no man ever spoke like this man. I mean, I love to hear Adrian Rogers. Don't you love to watch him on television? He's in heaven, but every once in a while you can find him on television and he just got that golden voice, stained glass vocal cords and I love to listen to Adrian Rogers and watch him. I love that. And oh, Charles Stanley and uh, David Jeremiah. And I love to listen to those guys, but I'm telling you, no one ever spoke like Jesus. 
Nobody ever spoke like the Lord Jesus Christ. And His Word, you can count on His Word. His Word is true. It's accurate. It's infallible. It's inspired. Um, I was reading a couple of weeks ago about that passage of Scripture where it says in the Old Testament that one angel killed 185,000 Assyrians. That one angel killed 185,000 Assyrians. So I was reading, and and one uh, guy wrote that that really it wasn't an angel, that it was an army of mice, that that's what it was. I just read that, and that just warmed my soul. And then one writer put it like this. He said this, it wasn't an angel. It was really the Cushite nation, that African uh, nation. And, of course, it's mentioned, that nation is mentioned uh, near that passage. And this is what the writer said. If you just take out 26 verses of the Old Testament, it's very obvious right there in the text that it was the Cushite nation. Just take out 26 verses. And I was yelling at the book at that time, as you can imagine. And I said, you bunch of ding-dongs, why not just say that the Word of God is right? And that it was, it was an angel of the Lord that, that slew 185,000 Assyrians. You see, church, we need to believe the Word of God when it's not politically correct. Uh, we must believe the Word of God when it goes against the culture in which we live. It's better to believe the Word than to lose your soul. It's better to believe the Word. There's power in the Word of God. I, I remember, and some of you remember this story, but many years ago, um, I was uh, in Jamaica and on a, on a bus. A lot of you have been there with me, and I talked about Jamaica this morning in our small group. But I remember we were heading to a church, and, and we saw this Jamaican on the side of the road, and he was walking to church, which, which is what many of them do. And so um, I, I told Luddy, our driver, I said, pick him up. And so we picked him up, and, and he sat close to me, and, and I began to talk to him. And I said, do you have a Bible? And he said, no, I don't. And I said, would you like a Bible? I have, I've got a lot of Bibles in my duffel bag. Would, would you like a Bible? They're brand new. He said, I'd love a Bible. And being an American, I just said, well, would you like blue? I've got a blue one. I've got a red one. I've got a green one. And I've even got a purple one. Which color would you want? And he looked at me and he shook his head and he said, I don't care what it looks like on the outside. I need what's on the inside. And I went from right there to about right there. What he realized, what we realize is right here, this is the Word of God. And he needs and I need and you need what's on the inside between the leather. Because it's alive and it's powerful as I prayed earlier. We see the power, church, the power of the message. And then we see the power in His miracles. The power in His miracles. Notice what the Bible says again in verse 17 of our text. And He, Jesus, came down from the mountain there 
as he was praying and calling his apostles, with them, the apostles, and he stood on a level place. He's getting ready to preach the Sermon on the Mount. He's with the apostles. He's with a crowd of his disciples, a lot of disciples that were following him. And notice this, a great multitude of people, and they were from Judea, and they're from Jerusalem, and they're even from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, and that's basically letting me know and you know that they're coming from Gentile areas. And notice this, they came to hear him because there's power in the message and to be healed of their diseases. They came to be healed. There's power in his miracles, healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. They were healed. And the word healed there, you may want to mark it down. It means, of course, to be cured. It means to be delivered from your afflictions, and it means to to be restored, to be made whole. So Jesus, in His power and through His power, He made them whole. And I just want to say this. Um, Let me see if I can be careful in the way I say this. Jesus is not like our phony baloney faith healers of today. I don't think I was very careful in saying that. But but he's not. Uh, Men with earpieces in their ears listening to someone backstage saying that Mrs. Johnson needs her gallbladder surgery. And they just look and say, where is Miss Johnson? And you need a gallbladder surgery. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, that's, that's phony baloney. Or, or men that are selling miracle spring water that they bought at the Dollar General store. Uh, friend, that is, that's just phony baloney. I don't need to send in $1,000 for a prayer hanky. I just need the touch of God. I believe in in miracles. I I believe in miracles. I know that God heals men and women and boys and girls. I've seen it, and you've seen it. You've experienced it, and I have experienced it. We believe in the healing power of Jesus. There are those today who are parading around, and they're making a mockery of the things of God. The Bible says here that that he healed all kinds of folks and all kinds of diseases. And he confronted those who were possessed. And we've already seen that in the Bible. Those who were demon-possessed. He confronted those people and set them free. And so because of that, the Bible says that in verse 19, the whole multitude sought to touch him. They sought to touch him. That, that is interesting in the Greek, and it means that they were surging at him. The word picture is like waves that are lapping up on the shore. They were trying to get him. They were trying to touch him. And the Bible says that when they did, power went out from him. Do you remember what the Bible says in Luke chapter 8? There's an interesting story there that we'll get to uh, one day. Luke chapter 8 
And in verse 43, the Bible says this. It's on the screen there. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, notice this, who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter and those who were with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? That passage of Scripture says, And Jesus said to them, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Power going out from me. Wonder-working power. Don't you love that song? Do you remember that song of yesteryear? I love that song. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. When I was 26 and I was at my first church pastoring, Brother Luke, um, our music guy told me that he would not be there the following Sunday. I remember I looked and I looked. I couldn't find anybody to lead the worship. And so... It fell on me to lead the worship. And so I picked songs that I knew. And one of the songs was right here. It's Power to Blood. Well, I don't know why I did it, but for some reason, um, there wasn't enough powers in it for me. So I told our music folks, I said, and by music folks, I mean our piano player, I said, I'm going to add some more powers in there. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I really don't know, but just be ready. And, uh, and I really didn't even remember or know what I was trying to do, but, but I'm telling you what I did. Look at, we'll look at this song. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power. And here's where I threw some more powers in there. I just kept on powering. There's power, 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 and he was trying to keep up, and I didn't know when I was going to stop, and it was a train wreck. It was a dumpster fire. It really was. So the next time we sung it through, I just sort of went like this. We're going to just have two powers. But there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. And then that next verse, would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. Do you believe that this morning? There's power in the blood. And so what we find in our text is, is this wonder-working power. There is power in His message, and there's power in His miracles. And we're going to see that all throughout the book of Luke. We must have His power. Years ago, um, I sort of headed up a citywide crusade in Crossville. And we put out thousands of yard signs. We got a couple of billboards. We put it on the radio. 
And we got um, many churches, I can't remember, but a lot of churches. Uh, I called them and they let out their services on Sunday night. So we started it on a Sunday night. We are going to go through a Wednesday night. And we were going to the new high school football stadium, uh, Stone Memorial High School football stadium there. And, and I'm telling you what, we, we planned this for over a year. It was exciting. And um, we got a flatbed trailer. It was a stage. I had a, a group of people in there with the flower people, and, man, they had, they had it beautiful on the stage and ferns and flowers everywhere. And um, uh, we had people that were uh, police officers that were friends, and they were getting the people in, and they had lights, and, and it was, and I, I remember it was exciting. I was standing there, and I could look out on the road, and, and cars were coming from everywhere. And sure enough, Around 2,000, a little over 2,000 showed up. And um, I left to go get Dr. Bobby Welch, uh, who was um, a former president of the SBC. And, and I was excited because Jim Murray, I don't know if you know that name, but he sang with the Imperials and with Gaither, local, uh, Gaither vocal band. And he was going to be there and lead our music the whole time. And it's just exciting. And so I left. And uh, went to the motel, and, and then I got a call. I was heading back with Bobby, and I got a call, and uh, someone said, uh, Brother T, uh, there's not an outlet on the football field. I said, what do you mean there's not an outlet? They said, we've looked everywhere. There's not one outlet on the football field anywhere, anywhere. And I said, surely there's an outlet on the football field. He said, not on the field, but near the front there. And, and he said, we have looked everywhere. And so I put the pedal to the metal, and I safely within the speed limit. And I got back there, and the choir were on the risers. We had over 100 in the choir. And they were singing. You could not hear one word hardly they were singing. And I thought, this is not good. So I got there, and I ran around for about 15 minutes. I, couldn't, I could not find an outlet anywhere at all. It's the weirdest thing I'd ever seen in my life. We looked behind poles. We moved stuff. And, uh, and I looked up, and there was the, the box up there where they, you know, whatever that thing's called. And I ran up there, and it was locked. And I thought, I'm going to knock this door down. But sure enough, somebody had a key Long story short, we had to, to run a cable way up there. And finally, I'll never forget it because it was like three minutes before this thing started. He plugged it in. Lights came on. And I heard the mic come on. And I just remember saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's a great crusade, a great campaign. It almost didn't happen because we didn't have any power. Won't you take your Bible and with this I'm going to close. Turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. I want, to, I want you to take your Bible and look at what Jesus said. John chapter 15. Verses 1 and following. Just listen to these words of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
John 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And Jesus said this, Abide in me, and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, Jesus said, you can do, what's that word there? Nothing. Without me, you can do Nothing. As a pastor, as a Sunday school teacher, as a staff member, as a church, without Jesus, we can do nothing. We must have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, the wonder-working power of King Jesus. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, and we're going to have a time this morning of decision. And then we're going to have some time of worship. But I want you to search your heart this morning. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. I want you to search your heart. And ask yourself a question this morning, which group, which group do you fall in today? Do you wake up realizing that you are an ambassador for Jesus? That you've been sent uh, to your place of business, to your school, to your neighborhood? So our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, do do you realize that you are and should be a disciple, a student of the Word, that you are a follower of Christ, and, and you are investing in others? Or are you just a part of the crowd this morning and you're just sort of curious? I want you to search your heart and just ask yourself, where am I this morning? And maybe this morning you have heard the Word of God and, and you want to take it to the next level. And you want to move out of the crowd and you want to become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or maybe right there where you are, you want to in your pew, just commit, Lord, help me every day to wake up. I'm private, and you, and you just place your name there, reporting for duty. Very quietly, very reverently, would you stand? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just stand. I'm going to pray. Right after I pray, I invite you to come. I'd be glad to pray with you here. We have others that would be glad to pray with you. If you want to join this church, we would love to have you. Maybe you've been visiting and you would like to come and place your life here.
Maybe you got a burden on your heart and you just want to lay it here at this altar. Father, I just bow before you and God, I pray. Uh, Lord, that we all would this morning understand how helpless and hopeless we are as believers and as a church without the power source, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that we would all search our hearts this morning. And Lord, if we need to take a step, that we would do just that. Pray that you would add to our church. Pray that our altars would be full. Father, if you are drawing through your Holy Spirit, we love you and Father, in the best way that we can, we just give you these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together.